Today on Awaken to Grace, we're in part three of a sermon entitled Raptured and Rewarded. We are walking our way through the book of Revelation in a series called Things to Come. And today we come to the end of Revelation chapter four. I show you from God's word how I believe this portion of Revelation is what Scripture calls the Bema judgment seat of Christ. And you know, we'll never stand and give an account for our sins. Our sins were judged at Calvary. Christ absorbed the punishment for our sin. But you and I will stand and give account for the way that we lived, our motives, what we did for the Lord. This is a time of reward. And I believe that the scene is that of Revelation chapter 4. And Scripture says that we, the church, we will take our crowns and we will cast them at the feet of Jesus. Friends, our gift to the Lord Jesus Christ will be those crowns that he awards us with. That's the scene of Revelation 4. As we've said, Christ is the center of all of this book. Christ is the center of our study. Christ is the center of our lives. I hope you enjoy part three of A Raptured and Rewarded from this series entitled Things to Come. The last outline of Revelation, what's going to happen is now the attention is going to focus to the Jewish nation. The 144,000 sealed, chapter 7. Why is that so important? Because God is going to redeem his people, Israel. This is a signal that the church is watching from the mezzanine of heaven. And what's going on on the earth has to do with the nation of Israel. What's next? Verse 4, around the throne were 24 thrones. And seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Oh, I love the word of God. Who are these 24 elders? Now say amen if you're in the mood to learn right now. Who are these 24 elders? May I propose to you that this is us, the church of Jesus Christ. It's interesting that Daniel, in Daniel chapter 7, you can read it for yourself, Daniel saw these 24 thrones, but they were simply being placed. No one was occupying them. Why could Daniel not see the 24 elders? Isaiah was in the throne room. Why could he not see the 24 elders? They record almost verbatim what John records. They see the living creatures. Ezekiel chapter 1, 2, and 3, he sees the four and living creatures. They record almost verbatim. But what's not seen is the 24 elders. And friends, do you know why they couldn't see it? It's because the church is the mystery of God. They could not see it because Christ had not shed his blood. The day of Pentecost had not come. The Holy Spirit was not yet indwelling believers. This 24 elders, it is the church of Jesus Christ. And now, after the harpazo, after the rapture of the church, we're now around the throne of God. And we are represented by these 24 elders. Even here today, even even in this present age, what are people who represent the church, what are they called? 
elders. Tomorrow night, we have an eldership meeting. Elders are representatives of the church. And this is the four reasons why I believe these are us. Why I believe it is us. Read, read that verse again, Caleb. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. So number one, Revelation 3.21. Jesus promises to the church, to the ones, to the individuals who overcome, he says, you will be seated on a throne. He doesn't promise that. He promises it to believers. Number two, they were given white robes. Now, this is astonishing to me. Revelation 19.8 says that at the marriage supper of the Lamb, we who are the bride of Christ, do you know what you and I are going to be clothed in? You're talking about exciting. We are going to be clothed in what the Bible calls dazzling white garments. <laughs> and do you know what Revelation 19.8 says our garments are made of? The Bible says that literally they are the righteous deeds done upon the saints on the earth. What that means is everything you do in the name of the Lord, everything you do for the glory of God, friends, you are threading your heavenly garments. And the better you live down here, the better dressed you'll be up there. Amen? The third evidence is that we are given crowns. Revelation 2.10. Jesus promises the church to those who overcome will be given a crown of life. You realize the Bible teaches there are five crowns that we can win. There's the incorruptible crown, the crown of glory, the crown of life, the crown of rejoicing, the soul winner's crown. And even though the Bible teaches five crowns that we can win, I don't believe that's an exhaustive list. I think there are many, many, many more. It's the church whose crown, that word crown there in the Greek, it's not diadem, which is a ruling crown that world leaders are going to be named in Revelation. No, it is Stephanus. It's the overcomer crown, those who overcome, those who conquered sin and life. Amen? And then fourth, the last evidence that this is the church is because of the song we're going to sing in chapter 5. We'll dive into all that next week. But listen, friends, you and I are literally going to be at the throne of God singing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, who ransomed us and purchased us from every tribe and every language. Amen? Yesterday I did a crusade via, via uh, my phone in Pakistan that I do once a month, and I was able to tell those precious people in Pakistan, no matter what culture, no matter what language we speak, we are the ransomed, we are the redeemed of God. Amen. And every believer of every age, of every culture, of every race, of every tongue will be around the throne of God singing, we were bought by the blood of the Lamb. And only the church can sing such a song. Amen? Amen? You know, another reason I believe this is the church? John recognizes them. When we get to chapter 7, the tribulation saints, remember what we said? God has distinctive groups of people. The Old Testament saints are not the church age. The church age is not Israel. But God has another set of people called tribulation saints. And do you remember in John chapter 7, the elder, 
representing the church, looks at John and says, he, he sees a number that can't be numbered. They're the martyred saints of the tribulation, the tribulation saints, those who were killed for their faith. And the elder asked the apostle John, he said, who are these? And do you remember what John says? Sir, you know. In other words, I have no idea. And the elder said, these are they who have come out of great tribulation, who have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb. Friends, why did John not recognize them? It's because they're not the church age. The church age is harpazo caught up. Amen? So the, I'm sorry, so the 24 elders, I believe, represent the church. Why? Because we're seated on thrones. We're given robes of white, Revelation 19.8, Revelation 3.21. Because we've been given crowns, Revelation 2.10. And because of the song that we're going to sing, Revelation 5. Amen. Verse 5 says, From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. Praise God. This may be my favorite verse in the whole chapter. What did John see? What did John hear? Flashes of lightning, rolls of thunder, peals of thunder. Again, talking about that number seven later in the book, John's going to hear seven thunders, seven voices of seven thunders. Again, you can't exhaust the list of sevens. And what does he see? He says seven torches burning, seven candlesticks, and seven spirits of God. What is this? Friends, again, in my view, it is more evidence that we have been raptured off of the earth. Now say amen if you're with me right now. The seven golden candlesticks and the seven spirits of God are explained by Jesus himself in chapter 1. Jesus tells us what the seven golden candlesticks are. These seven torches, what are they? It is the church of Jesus Christ. And now they're on the earth in chapters 2 and 3. But where, is the, where are the seven torches in chapter 4? Around the throne. We've been raptured. What are the seven spirits of God? We, again, we explain this in the seven churches of Revelation series. This is a term based out of the Old Testament for the Holy Spirit because it represents the seven manifold ministry of the Holy Spirit. God loves the number seven. It is completeness. And why is the Holy Spirit with the seven golden candlesticks in the throne of God? Because, Rev because 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 says that when the restrainer is removed off of the earth. Who's the restrainer? The Holy Spirit. And where does the Holy Spirit dwell? In us, the church of Jesus Christ. And when we are harpazo, when we are called up, the Holy Spirit, that influence, that restrainer is removed off of the earth. Friends, you think the earth is evil today? You think it's evil right now? You let the restrainer be removed. You let the church be removed. You let the Holy Spirit of God be removed. And the world has never seen wickedness like it will during the seven-year tribulation. Verse 5, for me, it's even more evidence that the church has been raptured 
and is now around the throne of God. Verse 6. And before the throne, there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. (laughs) God's word is so full. It's so rich. What's this sea of glass? You know, one of, one of my struggles earlier as a pastor, I kind of shied away from revelation and end time thing. And the reason I shied away is because so much of it, at least what was presented to me, what I would hear preached or taught, so much of it was speculation. I hate speculation. And the majority of sermons I would hear preach with stuff on the Antichrist. You know, is the Antichrist alive today? And just, and just so you know, just, just I mean, uh, not even in my notes, but let's, let's just throw it out there. You know, I believe that Satan has had an Antichrist in every single generation. I believe he's had a man prepared in every generation. You know why? Because Satan has no more idea of the harpazo than you or I know. He's had to have someone prepared in every age. See, the church, remember the church thought Hitler was the Antichrist. He very well could have been an Antichrist, but it wasn't time. You see what I'm saying? So when people ask silly questions like, well, you know, is the Antichrist alive today? Yeah, probably so, because Satan doesn't know when that time is going to be. But I, I don't like to get off in the weeds. I don't like to get off in speculation. I like interpretation. I like to know what the text says. But there are some times where the best we can do is speculate. And unfortunately, as much as I shy away from that, I do have a speculation of the sea of glass. What is this? Number one, let me say, I do believe it's literal. I have pastored now for 20 years. And the longer I teach the Bible, the longer I study the Bible, the longer I live it the more convinced I am that it's literal. I believe the word of God is literal. And so what's this represent? I I think it represents the word of God. Now see, think, all throughout scripture, still water represents the word of God. In the tabernacle, they were to wash in the brass, uh, in the brass there uh, that held it. They were to wash That represented the word of God. Uh, David said, he leads me beside still waters to restore my soul. That's the word of God. Rushing water always represents the Holy Spirit. Still water always represents the word of God. I believe what John's telling us. I believe what it represents is now the seven torches (laughs) are in heaven around the throne of God. Now the Holy Spirit is in heaven around the throne of God. And now the word of God is around the throne of God. Amen? Amen. Everything complete. Now, it's going to introduce us to these four and living creatures. Now, this is interesting. What are these four living creatures? Again, I speculate here. So give me a little room here. And I don't like speculation, but this is, this is my speculation here. Uh, Ezekiel saw this. Isaiah saw this. 
a bit of a different form, but extremely similar. In, in my view, I believe that these are incredible angelic beings. You know, there are many different types of angels. I, I think, you know, Paul said we see through a glass dimly. Um, I don't even think we can scratch the surface of understanding angels, but just what we know of Scripture, we know there are archangels. We know there are seraphims. We know there are cherubims. We know there are demons. Demons are fallen angels. There are many different types of angels, and I believe that perhaps this is some type of hierarchy. We know that in Satan's kingdom, Ephesians 6, that there are there, there is a hierarchy to Satan's kingdom. There are ranks. When Paul lists Satan's kingdom, principalities, authorities, and rulers, and spiritual wickedness in high places and all that, he writes in military rank. So we know there's a ranking to the kingdom of darkness. Perhaps in, in the kingdom of God with angelic beings, there is a hierarchy. And, and, but I, I believe that these are a, a type of angelic being. Now... What's going to be interesting if you pay attention throughout Revelation, and you're going to see this throughout the entire book, it's the 24 elders that speaks to John about events happening in heaven. It is the four living creatures that speak to John about events happening on the earth. And if you pay attention, you'll see that pattern throughout the entire book. See, we, we, the way that we view prophecy is prediction, fulfillment, prediction, fulfillment, prediction, fulfillment. But the way prophecy is truly meant to be viewed is in patterns. God works in patterns. And you'll see that pattern throughout the rest of the book. Now he's going to describe these four living creatures. And by the way, your Bible may say beast. Beast is not the best translation here. It's actually in the Greek. Uh, oh, it fails me now. Zua, Zua, you have to Google it. Anyway, it's where we get our English word, zoo. And I think it's meant to say a beautiful creature. Not beast as in, the reason I don't like that translation beast is because of the Antichrist beast, the beast of Daniel. You think an you evil, hideous thing, but the actual Greek word is far different than the word for the Antichrist or the false prophet or what was seen in the book of Daniel. Verse 7 says, the first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. Now, John gives these descriptions very similar to what Ezekiel saw in chapter 1. You can run this down on your own time, but a really fascinating study is the Gospels with this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These uh, many scholars think have a direct link to each of those Gospels. Matthew being um, the lion, uh, Mark being the what is the oxen, Luke being the man, and John being the face of an eagle. Uh, you can run that down on your own time, but there is a correlation and there is a link to the Gospels there. But I'm going to run out of time. What's next? And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. 
And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy Mm. is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Amen. Do you know why they say, Holy, holy, holy? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The thrice holy God. Amen. Amen. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. Amen. For you created all things and by your will, they existed and were created. Amen. Friends, this is going to be us. This is us saying, worthy are you, Lord. This is us casting our crowns before the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I'm going to run out of time. So let me wrap up with, with this idea. The, we said earlier, the church, only the church has promised crowns. So scripture says, we'll take these crowns that are earned and we'll cast these at the feet of Jesus. In other words, this is our gift to the Lord Jesus Christ, the crowns that we earned in this life. I'm going to do a deeper dive on this Tuesday night at prayer meeting. Because what this is, and I'm not going to have time to go into it in full detail, but this is the link that I want you to make. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 teaches what is called the Bema judgment seat of Christ. And the Bema judgment seat is not a judgment of sin because for the church, where was our sin judged? On the cross of Calvary. You and I will never give account for sin. Glory to God. Jesus gave the, he settled our sin debt. This is where we are rewarded. This is where God himself will reward us for the way that we lived on the earth. Some will have gold and precious stones and silver. Some will have hay, wood, and stubble. It'll burn up. There'll be nothing left. Some will have many things to present to Jesus, and some will have nothing to present to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is about motive. This is about the way you live your life. Tuesday night, we're going to deep dive into that because I don't have time today. But here's what I want you to link. What I'm calling this session of our study, I'm calling it raptured and rewarded. What is happening in chapter 4? The church age has ended. The church is harpazo. We are called up. We are around the throne of God And the Bema judgment seat of Christ is taking place right now. And as those four living creatures, what our minds can hardly even fathom when they say, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The Bible says that we, the church with our crowns and our white robes, We'll fall to our face and we'll say, Worthy are you, Lord God. One man said it so well. He said, I'm so interested in the future because it's where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. 
I'm interested in the throne of God because it's where I'm going to be found. Can you imagine that crystal sea? Can you imagine hearing those peals of thunder? Seeing those flashings of lightning? Seeing that emerald bow? Oh, I didn't even mention that, Caleb. What's that emerald rainbow, that circular bow? What is that? That's a sign of God's covenant. That while humanity is going to experience the worst judgments of all of humanity, that emerald green, speaking of the mercy of God, that rainbow, that covenant is going to stand and God's going to keep his oath.